0: Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. It's Thursday, May 13th, 2021. Well, if you're listening to this podcast this morning, I'm going to go out on a limb and guess that at some point in your life, you have done something that you regret. Uh, now, some of these might be kind of minor things. Maybe it's a purchase that you made that you wish you could go back and, and do over. Maybe it was a, a career choice or, or something that you've done. But really, I bet even most of you, if probably all of you, you look back though and there's something that you look back on with regret that was a sinful decision. That you look back in your past and there are sinful things that you have done that you regret. What do you do about those feelings? What what do we do when we realize sin in our past? And and how do we process that? How do we deal with that? We're going to get some helpful instruction as we dig into God's word today on that topic of dealing with regret. And we're going to start in 1 Samuel chapters 11 and 12, and really we'll get to it at the end of those chapters. But 1 Samuel chapter 11 is uh, perhaps just a great moment really in the career of King Saul. We talked yesterday about how we know uh, the story of Saul doesn't And well, the Burger King king, he wants it his way right away. And we're going to get into how that starts to flesh out tomorrow. But today we see him leading the people to victory over the Ammonites, Um, that he shows, you know, courage and resolve and leadership. And he even shows some grace in victory as some people say, hey, You know, the the people that didn't want Saul to be king, let's get those people and let's put them to death. And Saul says, No, not a man shall be put to death this day, for today the Lord has worked salvation in Israel. So this is a a strong moment in the life of King Saul. He leads the people to victory, he shows grace and mercy towards his enemies within Israel. But now we really see the baton is passed as the, the kingdom is renewed. Uh, They renew even uh, Saul being king there, and they go to Gilgal to do this, and Samuel kind of gives a farewell address. It's clear that the baton is being passed. Samuel is no longer going to be the leader of the nation. King Saul is now the king. Uh, But throughout the course of this farewell address, and really at the end, Samuel really points out that the people had done something wrong in asking for a king. In fact, the people had done something sinful. And we even pick up an interesting piece of information in this farewell uh, speech as he reflects on how God, uh, you know, sent all these people and um, God had delivered them from so many uh, kings that were coming in to oppress the people of Israel. And God had raised up all of these judges, Gideon, Barak, Jephthah, Samuel. But then in chapter 12, verse 12, it says, And when you saw that Nahash, the king of the Ammonites, came against you, you said to me, No, but a king shall reign over us, when the Lord your God was your king. So we see that apparently there was some information we didn't get in the earlier chapters that one of the reasons the people were asking for a king was they were perceiving a threat from this Nahash, the king of the Ammonites. And so they wanted a king to help them and to save them when God was their king and God had been helping them and God had been saving them. So that's some additional information that helps us understand why their cry for a king was not coming from a good place. In fact, it was sinful, And the people realized this at the end and in verse 19, and all the people said to Samuel, pray for your servants to the Lord, your God, that we may not die for we have added to all our sins, this evil to ask for ourselves a king. So here we see the people of Israel experiencing regret right? That they now, whoa, realize, yeah, that was not a good thing that we did in asking for a king. And now they are looking back on that decision with regret. And again, this wasn't just a, you know, financial decision that this was, oh man, we have sinned and we've added to our already long list of sins by asking for a king. So here we are in that situation, regret. What does Samuel say to them? Well, in verse 20, he says, do not be afraid. You have done all this evil, yet do not turn aside from following the Lord, but serve the Lord with all your heart. And so, I think one thing we're going to see here is sometimes we experience regret about things that now we cannot go back and change, right? The people, they regret making Saul king, but now that cannot be changed. Saul now is The king, they're going to have to live with, I guess, the consequences of the decision that they made. And their regret can't go back and do anything about that. And that's a position that you're going to find yourself in sometimes in life. You are going to realize, man, I did something wrong. Even I did something sinful. But how as you realize that now you cannot go back and change that you there are consequences of that sin perhaps even that now you will have to live with so what do you do about that well that's where we need to listen to samuel and samuel doesn't say well you can go back and do all these things or you can make up for what you have done no he simply says you need to not turn aside from following the lord and serve the lord with all your heart He goes on to say, and do not turn aside after empty things that cannot profit or deliver for they are empty. For the Lord will not forsake his people for his great name's sake, because it has pleased the Lord to make you a people for himself. Moreover, as for me, far be it from me that I should sin against the Lord by ceasing to pray for you, and I will instruct you in the good and right way. And so there he basically says, hey, you can't go back and change the past now. You've asked for this king, it is done. Saul is the king. But what you can do is, what are you going to do today? And are you going to live for God today? Or are you going to turn after idols again today? And that's what we really need to think about in those situations in our own lives, where we regret something from the past that we now cannot go back and change. Well, what are you going to do today? Are you going to seek the Lord today, or are you going to turn after idols today? Are you going to trust in Him and follow Him and obey Him today, or are you going to trust yourself and follow yourself? And so, really, if you're even wrestling with something from the past that you regret, what I want to encourage you to do is well, what about today? Are you going to follow God today? And even we see glimpses, I think, of the mercy of God and the faithfulness of God in these words of Samuel, that we can pursue him today and he will be faithful and he is gracious and he is merciful. Uh, Samuel says something else here at the end in verse 24. He says, only fear the Lord and serve him faithfully with all your heart, right? That's what we need to do today. But then he says, for consider what great things he has done for you. But if you still do wickedly, you will be swept away, both you and your king. So really, he puts the choice, hey, you can't go back and make that choice about asking for a king again. But today, you need to fear the Lord and serve him faithfully. Don't do wickedly, or you will be swept away. But in the middle there, he says that he wants them to consider what great things God has done for them. And one line I came across in the commentary on this passage Uh, encouraged us that we need to keep a long memory for God's mercies and a short one for our failures. And, And that's one thing I would encourage you to do in light of all this. And we think about regret. Well, keep a long memory, a long list of the ways that God has been merciful and praise him for that and focus more on that than the list of your Failures. And we're going to see some of that concept in a couple other passages. But first, I want us to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 5. Because when we're talking about regret and things that we have done, sins that we have committed, and now the consequences of that, uh, sometimes there's things that we just cannot go back and change. But sometimes when there is sin, there are things that need to change. There are things that need to and can be dealt with. And we see one of those situations more. In 1 Corinthians 5. And remember, 1 Corinthians is a letter that's addressing several problems within the church. And here there is a sexual immorality in the church. And this sexual immorality is open, it is known, and unfortunately, it seems that it's even in a way being celebrated. And so he really goes off in this chapter on how sin needs to be dealt with. And I think we can learn from this corporately. Um, uh what we see here really is the process, I think, that Jesus explains in Matthew 18. But ultimately, he's describing a process of church discipline where this openly sexually immoral person, they need to be uh, kicked out of the church. And it seems somewhat the, the hope is that that would be temporary. Uh, but no, we, we cannot just act like there's nothing going on with this person. And I think also we see some things that we should consider personally, as well as corporately, when he gets into this whole, a little leaven leavens the whole lump. And obviously that's kind of going back to the feast of unleavened bread when they would not eat leaven. And clearly there was a spiritual picture that was meant to be portrayed there, that the leaven was representing sin. And, you know, the leaven gets into the bread and the bread rises, you know, it permeates everything. We need to be careful about sin. And that's where we need to be careful about sin in our churches. We should also need to be careful about sin in our own lives and in our own homes. Open sin should not be tolerated in our own lives, in our churches. And even at the end, he writes about, hey, when there's a believer that you know or someone that claims to be a believer and they're living in open sin, you should not associate with that person. You shouldn't even eat with that person person. So that's a good reminder that some sin, well, it's still going on. And it's not just a matter of regret about the past, but it's something that's still going on that needs to be dealt with, whether that's in our own lives personally or in our churches. But we need to treat sin with the seriousness that God would have us treat sin. But then as we consider this whole idea of having a long memory of the mercies of God, but a short memory of our own failures, let's look at a couple more passages. And the first is Mark chapter 8. And here really we see kind of people not having a long memory of his mercies as Jesus feeds the 4,000. Well, does that sound vaguely familiar? Oh yeah, because didn't Jesus already feed the 5,000. But here we see the disciples kind of struggling, doubting to believe, asking some of the same questions when Jesus provides again. And again, how many times do you and I find ourselves in that situation where we're looking at something similar to what has happened before, but we're struggling and we are doubting and we are questioning when we need to remember oh, I've been here before and God provided, God was faithful, God was good. And to trust him, in that situation. And we really see that mindset played out in Psalm 59. As we wrap up this Psalm today, it's a prayer for deliverance. And we saw some of the prayer yesterday, but now we see more of the resolution today. Even the the first words that we see as we look at verses 8 through 17 is, "'But you, O Lord, laugh at them. You hold all the nations in derision.'" And I love that even. That's a good thing for us to realize when we look out maybe personally and we see people that are our enemies or people that are persecuting us or whatever that may be, or whether we just look out at the world from a broader sense and we see evil people doing evil things. We remember the Lord sits in the heavens. The Lord laughs, uh, not because he thinks it's funny, uh, but he, he, he knows that he is in control And he is not going to be threatened by human beings who put away his will. He is in control. And we see at the end more this real power of personal reflection and remembrance of what God has done in verses 16 and 17, when David says, But I will sing of your strength. I will sing aloud of your steadfast love in the morning, for you have been to me a fortress." and a refuge in the day of my distress. O my strength, I will sing praises to you. For you, O God, are my fortress, the God who shows me steadfast love. And so there we see that I'm going to have a long memory of what God has done for me. For you have been to me a fortress and a refuge in the day of my distress. So I don't know what you might look back on in your past with regret, but the question is, what are you going to do today? And if there is sin in your life that needs to be dealt with, well, do that today and turn to the Lord. But also today, remember, have a long list of all the ways that God has been good, all the ways that God has been a fortress or a refuge to you.